Hello there and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show. I'm Nathan Staples and joining me this evening are Adam White and Jeremy Smith. Finally, no more postage stamp viewing of League uh, as it returns to UK TV with BT signing a deal to 2021. And with it comes our first preview show. But before diving into that and a midweek update from the Europa League, here's the latest news. Bordeaux cruise into the next round of qualifying for that Europa League after winning 2-1 at home to Mariupol. And they won the first leg. Um, th- oh, the first leg was victorious 3-1 and Maxim Punje and Sankare scored in the second half to give the French side a comfortable win that sees them into the final qualifying round. And in transfer news in Liga, we still have a some time left. There's been a hive of activity over the past few days. Remy Cabert has joined uh, Saint-Étienne on a permanent deal. Montpellier have signed Bordeaux forward um, Gaetan Laborde. Paris Saint-Germain have confirmed the signing of promising German defender Theo Kerrer from Schalke. Sheikendoy has come back to Ligue 1 to rejoin Angers. And Gangomp have stolen Ronnie Rodelan from Caen. And that's all for now. But for all your latest in the world of French football, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFN. Starting tonight with that result for Bordeaux, and it's a great one to see them through to the next round. Adam, they, they had a, a decent result in the first leg, although they were seemed to sort of make a statement by playing Sankari as a forward. There was no such statement tonight, although... Nicola Depreville maybe will be a bit disappointed he didn't grab a goal himself being the main striker but the most important thing is the result and they're through to the next round yeah absolutely I think um, from Bordeaux's point of view given how the Europa League panned out for them last season when they lost a video turn in the in the first qualifying round which was a huge huge embarrassment the the, the job here will just be to get get through these first two qualifying rounds before facing a, a you know a real test which is I imagine is against Genk I haven't been keeping up with the scores evening, but they were they were in a comfortable lead going into this game so that would be um that'll be a tough test for them but and, and that's the game that really matters but um to get through these games without without much of an issue is is a is a, is a huge result and they were they're much the better side in the first leg um in, in the ukraine and i was particularly impressed with um the young midfielder i'm not even gonna try and pronounce his name but Orlin Tuchemeni, who, who who's been very good in pre-season and and it looks like a good sort of proving ground for some young players at bordeaux uh jules kunde being another one so um good start to the season for them overall i suppose despite the weekend loss to Strasbourg, which is a bit sort of caveated by that pablo sending off but um yeah they'll be they'll be had to be through and and uh, a, a tough tie to come but that's what they've been aiming for so uh, a good result yeah and that's the important thing really jez i remember last this time last year them obviously crashing out during these qualifiers which had a somewhat of an impact at least anyway they had a terrible first half of the season at least but is getting to that group stages a prime objective for this for leisure on down this even even though they have had the trouble off the field and, and such is still getting to that goalpost of european football very important to this club um i think it is and i think it should be um yeah the debate sort of every year what what's the point of some of these clubs working hard to get a place in the Europa League and then seemingly um sort of not fixing it but throw, throwing the chance away in order to concentrate on the league to get a place in the Europe in the Europa League it's all a bit circular so it's good to see Bordeaux taking it a bit more seriously um it's in their interests as well I mean not only just in terms of the, the sort of cachet of being in in europe and getting through to the to the main competition but also um 
you know, you mentioned earlier Bok at making a point of playing Sankari um, up front. I think it's also important that, yeah, sort of, I guess, a window for, for potential signings. Um, they clearly do want um, reinforcements, certainly up front. They're looking for two more strikers. Um, and, you know, if you're playing in Europe, that's obviously going to be an attraction for, for players looking to come in. Um, there's been rumours of, of them being interested in, in the Rangers striker Morelos. Well, um, you know, if, say, Rangers get into the Europa League and, and Bordeaux don't, I'm not sure how Rangers did tonight, but um, then, you know, why would he want to move? At least this way, if Bordeaux are in Europe, it gives him something to think about. And that's the, the important thing is for, for Bordeaux to try and hang on to some players really in case uh, any more interest does come flowing through they did have a skeleton squad with no one to replace and, and uh, all can fall down really from there but uh, they'll be happy to get through they just don't want to repeat of, of last season where they sort of crumbled when they felt like it would be a good chance for them and it's always great for Liga and to have teams doing well in Europe let's go back to well, previews now at least anyway in the week ahead we've got a great weekend's action ahead of us and plenty of it on sport as well which is nice to see um on with the friday's game to start off with jensen and two sides that got off to winning starts and one slightly more surprisingly at least anyway adam and that was ras who got that victory over um patrick niece in somewhat surprising style i'm sure many coupon busters have been had from that game but a solid start we thought that they might be a team that may struggle this season but they showed a little bit of steel in this one yeah i think that's a really good point i think they definitely did you know show steel that was arguably you know the the, the big takeaway from that game against nice i think this that Rans, uh win should be caveated to some extent by the fact that nice are extremely you know depleted from 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 last summer you know league and sides are accustomed to go undergoing sort of strenuous summers where their sort of squads kind of picked apart but you could argue that nice's summer last season was one of the most sort of depleted of, of of recent of of recent years and you know patrick Vieira, very inexperienced by european standards young manager i know not he was at new york city for a substantial amount of time but they didn't really achieve too much in the mls overall okay it's a very it was a very new franchise and they perhaps weren't expected to but you know he's an experienced coach and and it, that kind of little bit showed uh both of those things actually showed quite quite substantially in, in that game i actually happened to watch that game this morning catching up from from the weekend and um it, it, nice uh alan sam maximin aside kind of struggled to bake rans down who um david guion's a very good astute young coach um failed to save him from relegation two years ago but having been given the job what sort of a year ago now is, is done very very well after michelle does and kind of failed to to, to bring them up perhaps unsurprisingly given his teams don't really score any goals um but that they they looked organized and they looked solid and despite the the loss of a number of key players you know you look at juven jombio has gone to brentford and i was a huge fan of diego Viganato for his time in league and in league to, lost him to, to, the, to the middle east and jordi sibichu's obviously gone to ren and and i kind of felt those those additions would be very difficult to make up but alexis ramal's you know a very experienced league and signing musa dumbia scored the goal is a, is a is a good little signing from rostov as well really nice finish for him perhaps keeper could have done slightly better but still you know good effort and some really good strengthening from league do in terms of defense with fontan from clermont who was very good there last season and uh and uh, colin just from from victoria Guimaraes, who's obviously come from, from portugal was a solid player there so they've raised some astute signings and they although i don't think they're going to score many goals Shavaria was very very isolated up front they, they they could be a solid side in the much say the way the same way Montpellier and perhaps even Nantes have been in recent years so good result and um, um a great start for them a historic club great to have them back in uh, in Ligue 1. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's great to have some champagne football, at least anyway, for a change. Uh, on to the opponents, Jez in Leon, who obviously we have high expectations of this season, and they've got a relatively, some would say, soft, soft start to the season with the first five games you're looking at. Obviously, they won on opening weekend against Amiens. They face Rennes this weekend. Strasbourg and Nice come at home for the next two games, and given how Nice showed in that first game, maybe that is a little bit easier than it looked on paper. And also an away game at Caen before they face um, the other Olympic side in Marseille. Um, it's strong. Well, a strong outing last time out, got a couple of goals. It maybe was a little bit more um, trickier than they maybe have anticipated, but they got over the line nonetheless with Bertrand Traore playing relatively well. Memphis Depay frustrating, but getting an excellent goal, really. Um, this is another one that they should be looking at now to, to start racking up the points to have a, a really strong start to the season. Yeah, absolutely. As you said, it's it's not the most strenuous start, which is kind of ideal for them with with um, you know certain players not having had a, a full break during the summer and um, gradually coming back. Uh, Fekir has been been ruled out of this game; not he's not quite ready yet. So yeah, first match of the season against Damia, it wasn't particularly impressive, but they did what they needed to do, and they'll hope that that the same. Same happens this weekend. I think it will be a little bit more of a test, but um, it's yeah, they they couldn't really have asked for for a better sort of introduction to the season where they can sort of gradually ease their way in rather than you know have to really hit the ground running and and get to their best straight away, which isn't necessarily their their forte. Um, you know the the, the midfield three that we all raved about last year. I don't think. Any of them are particularly impressive against Damian, but when you've got um, Traore, who's who's had a really good preseason actually, and, and sort of just carried on where he left off, and Depay, who has not had a particularly good preseason, I think probably has been angling for a move for most of it. But you know, if, if he if he sort of comes to terms with the fact that he's he's staying and knuckles down, maybe with an eye on a move in January or even next summer, and comes out with more of those kind of free kicks, then then Leon are going to be okay. So, um, yeah, nothing special last weekend, but they did what they had to do and they're aiming to do the same this weekend. Yeah, and it's good that they've got so many options, even with Fekir sidelined and Corne maybe out of the door. They've still got Terrier, they've still got Guerrieri, they've still got um, plenty of players waiting in the wings, at least anyway, in those attacking positions that maybe just need why we want more to win the midfield, like you say, Jess. Uh, let's get some predictions then. Um, Adam, what do you think the score will be in this one? I think it's a it's an interesting an interesting start to the weekend. Um, I think Rans are gonna are gonna gonna be involved, but you it's Leon three one possibly. Jess, what do you think? Uh, I'll go two one. I agree. I think Leon won't have it entirely but their own way, but I think they should come out on top in the end. So yeah, two one. I think it's going to be a, a stickler one for Leon, really. I don't think Rance will come away with anything other than pride, unfortunately. But I think a 1-0 win for Leon will give them a little bit of a, a relaxation. I, I just think that Rance might be a little bit weak up front, which may sort of hinder them, especially with Sibacho gone as well. Uh, on to um, another two sides that started well, but maybe um, a little bit more um, surprising in the sense of how they played at least anyway with expectations and that's starting with 
Monaco, Adam. Um, they're heading to against Lille, who also had a great game, and we'll come on to them. But uh, we were a little bit unsure of how to take Monaco before the start of the season with the, the changes that they've had, the, the amount of players that the experience that has gone out of the squad and a lot of young players left in. But it was the older heads, or at least the experienced heads, that got the goals against Nolte, and they were clinical, and they showed that maybe there is a bit of evolution going on and still with players to come back in. Yeah, they did. They did. That's a very good point. In that they they went to to Nantes, who uh, you know fancied for a European push um, over the summer, and they got this very comfortable in the end three one result. Although Nantes started the first half very well in that game, but Monaco ended up winning pretty comfortably, and, and they managed to do that without Falcao, who only got sort of thirty odd minutes from the bench. You know, Keita Balde is obviously going back to Italy. Uh, Golovin's not fit yet. Uh, Sadibi's still not in the side. Amari Torre's out of the side. Subasic is still recovering from the World Cup. So there's a lot of players to come back. And, and they won what was potentially a very, very difficult game relatively comfortably. Um, so there's obviously one one big plus for them for, for Jardim there. Um, although the, 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 the caveat to that is, is that... He, you look back at the Trophy de Champion, where they played a very similar side, and and PSG, who obviously obviously far better than most of the league, but a representative of the top sort of top four, you know, dispatched them very very easily. And and when they play sides in and around them, you know, Lyon and Marseille in particular, it's it's interesting. It'd be interesting to see whether a similar situation occurs as it did with PSG. Will will Marseille and Lyon just be too strong for them? And, and Monaco won't achieve that target of finishing in the top three, which is obviously their stated aim and, and very important for their for their project in terms of financing and in terms of exposure for their players. So although it was a really, really good start, there might be some growing pains for Cardoza. Uh, Nantes is obviously playing a very different style to, to Ranieri, very sort of possession-based and, and pressing-centric, pressing, pressing centric, if you like. Um, a bit big change for a, a very sort of fresh kind of squad in both in terms of tactics and in terms of personnel. So there may be a few caveats to that performance. Um, but I think Monaco will take, and Jardim in particular, will take positives both in the fact that, I said, as I said, lots of players come back and in the fact this is a developing team. And Jardim is the man to develop young players as he's proven it over season after season. He, he is he is the perfect coach for that. So, you know, you look at players like Tielemans, who's, gonna, who's ho- hopefully going to have a bigger season. Pele, who didn't get a game at the weekend, but, but still is a very, very promising young player. He was very good at Rio Ave last season. Sofiane Diop, I thought, was really, really good as well. So there are, there are so many positives from Monaco team, but the, 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 the question still stands as to whether it's enough for them to push into the top three, which is obviously huge for their project or not i have a feeling not but a, a promising start nonetheless yeah it was great to see diop start it's, it's always nice that monaco will always even no matter what age you are there they will throw you in at the deep end if they feel you're ready for it when uh, they proved it again at the weekend and hopefully they can do it some more this season because there's plenty of them there and they do face a, a possibly trickier trip than we may have anticipated than the start of the season just given that Lille was so good at the weekend getting that 3-1 win against Rome where they looked a lot more dynamic they looked um, a lot more um, attack-minded free-flowing on and although there's a lot of rumors that Pepe may be still be on the move there's a couple of teams that are interested in his services they look like a, a different team under Galtier even under his own leadership at the end of last season yeah, last year they, they they really struggled, and you know arguably were lucky that, that there were two or three teams worse than them. Um, for for a lot of the season, they looked like they were going to go down, and that they would deserve it. But um, you know they, they come out of it, and the main thing is that they've come out of it stronger. I think it was very character building for quite a young squad, and then um, they sort of built off that. Had a really good transfer window, I think, brought in some really good players. And for me, the question mark was that. A lot of those 
Middlesbrough's good players were were more forward forward looking players, and I was thinking, well, Galtier has always shown himself to be a really defensive minded coach. So you know, is that is that going to work? But the signs on on Saturday were excellent, and you know, the front three linked brilliantly. They got a goal each. Pepe, Motiba, and, and Bamba, Benzia played well behind them, and it's not often that we said that in his in his career, despite all the high hopes we had when he started. So. And, and there's still Remy to come in as well, if, if the DNCG okay it. So um, lots of positive signs there if they can keep that sort of um, attacking vim and vigour going, I guess. And, you know, again, um, strong character to, to come back from a, a goal down as well. So um, I think every everyone expected that Lille would have a better season than they did last year. But um, I think the, the way they played and the result they got was actually quite pleasantly surprising and if they can keep Pepe and you know really get that understanding built even further between between the front three or four then I think they could cause some damage this season. They could be a really tricky team and a tricky team for Monaco to have to host in their opening um, home game so let's get some predictions and I'll start on this one I, I think that it's going to be tricky but I think that maybe a bit of an attacking game more than anything both of Shown in the past, they're not always the greatest at defending. I think it might be a 3-2 win to Monaco, so do keep your eyes on this one. Uh, Jez, what do you think? I was tempted to say 3-2 as well. Um, I'll go... I'll say Monaco again 3-1, and again, it will be a flattering result for me. Adam? Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to back Leo a little bit here. I think maybe a one or draw. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's strangely finely balanced at this start of the season when you've only seen one game. It's always you're questioning your mind depending on that result that they had previously. But um, it's certainly, I think, going to be a really interesting game. One side, it, well, the next game we're going to have a look at, maybe slightly less interesting, at least because the two teams are on a bit of a downer, although obviously Bordeaux's uh, Europa League win this evening might give them a bit of a point. But we'll come on to them because Toulouse are currently sat at the bottom of the table after last Friday's result, Adam, where they lost 4-0 to Marseille. A bit of a drubbing, maybe somewhat flattering to Lowem, at least at the very end for that amount of goals. But is there some worries already for Toulouse that they, they brought a few players in? It looked like they balanced the squad a little bit more. They looked okay at times in that game against the Velodrome, but uh, it's never nice to win lose 4-0 uh, on your opening uh, game. No, it really isn't. And I think it would have been quite deflating for Toulouse to lose so by such a big margin. But I think you're right on two counts. First of all, it was flattering. You know, uh, Marseille scored twice in sort of the final few minutes. Um, that two van goal was pretty fortunate. Um, and uh, Germain, I think, might have been offside for his goal as well. So there, there are a couple of, you know, sort of caveats there from Marseille's point of view. But you can't ignore the fact that Marseille were far the better team. And Unfortunately for for Toulouse, although there's been quite a lot of turnover this summer, you know, Lafont and, and Diop, they cashed in on those two, both both the sort of most two marketable players, if you like. Lafont going to Fiorentina and Diop going for West Ham, not starting for West Ham, bizarrely, uh, against Liverpool, given how they defended. But uh, even so, hopefully he'll he'll assert himself as the season goes on. But, you know, the players that came in, that there were a lot of hopes for players like Manu Garcia and John Bosque, who's been very good for Lons in Ligue 2, and Matthew Giusevi, who I was a huge fan of at, at Mets, you know, assist-wise he was absolutely brilliant and Baptiste Reina is a very good replacement in goal but it was kind of more of the same and um you're I think you're right in that in that the, the although the margin of victory wouldn't have been was a little bit flattering it was still sort of representative a little bit of of the game in that Toulouse were, were quite a few goals worse than Marseille and there are already sort of fears creeping in because if you think about 
Diop's importance as captain and how sort of monolithic he was a centre-back at times last season. And you think of Julian's form. I know that he wasn't very good in, in this game, but the previous two friendlies, he got some seriously bad reviews from from Toulouse fans in against uh, Nam, uh, against Nîmes when they lost 4-3 and uh, a 4-1 defeat at Crystal Palace as well. He was terrible in both of those games. So there could be some serious weaknesses at the back. And and just to sort of add to that, Kevin Amion, who's for me is a full-back and not a centre-back, it looks like Alan Castover wants to play him as Julian's partner, having now you know survived the English transfer window and Julian not left for, for England. Although, given his form, I don't know why he would. But Amion looked very, very shaky against Marseille so although they may have strengthened in sort of more creative areas which since Oscar Trejo left last season and the season before last has been a huge issue there's still some serious deficiencies in this team and and all right it's, it's the 16th of August there's still a couple of weeks left in the transfer window but they need a defender and if you ask me they need they need several defenders Francois Mabanje has never been good enough for me in, in this division and and even at right back Clement Michelin is a very promising player but um, I, even if Steve Yaro gets fit and comes back in and or even Amiens moves back to right back, there's some serious deficiencies there. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Some worries going forward and, and perhaps deservedly beaten in the end, although the, you know, Marseille were lucky to get the two goals at the end and some, some serious worries for Toulouse under Casanova, who remains a, a, a bizarre appointment for me. But I think there's still a long way to go. There's still some promising players and, and hopefully they can turn it around because, you know, you know my love for Toulouse, Nathan. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Toulouse fan, but it looks it looks a little bit worrying so far. Yeah, you might call yourself the real Casanova, really, well, <laughs> the at least, anyway. Um, but uh, the positive for Leviele, at least this weekend, um, Jason, it's, it's, it's sort of exasperated by after tonight because it, it sounded like all sunshine and roses with him going through, but Gus Poye um, has sort of been a bit explosive afterwards, at least for Ligia and Dan, sort of stating that he's not very happy with the sale of Laborde, especially because he's he's unlikely really to get cover in, having already wanted a striker in the door. Um, things are slowly coming off the rails, aren't they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, as far as I know, this takeover that's been on an awful summer hasn't happened yet. So I don't know what money Bordeaux got to play with in terms of bringing anyone in anyway. Um, Laborde is not sort of pushed on as much as we hoped he would when he was when he was impressing for for some of the France youth teams. But considering they're they're so thin on the ground in terms of attack, um, and De Preville hasn't had the best of times since since he joined Bordeaux last year, it seems a very strange decision to sell him. Um, and I, I mean. I think I mentioned before, as a Brighton fan, you have to take Coyette's threats to, to quit if he doesn't get transfer money with a pinch of salt. But I c in this case, I can certainly understand why why he's annoyed. And if they don't bring anyone in, I think they are going to struggle. I sort of alluded to it earlier on with Nice. I think I'm not sure that the team behind the strikers are as good at Bordeaux as they are at Nice. And, and I can see them sort of being the Lille of last season. I'm not sure that they'll go down or anything, but and, and they do have a couple of really good young players like Germany, like Kunzeva and Yusuf that, that we mentioned earlier and have already sort of impressed in the Europa League. But they need at least one striker, probably two, to take a bit of pressure off these younger players who aren't even out-and-out -out strikers themselves. They're not going to be able to do it every week, and um, it, I, I'm not sure what the what the directors or, or the, the management at Bordeaux are thinking right now. But they're certainly not doing the, the team or their coach any favors. 
The interesting point I sort of want to add on this one, for, to sort of, I don't really want to defend any strange owners or anything like that, but at least from Poye sort of comments, is that they barely played Laborde. Every time they played him um, under Gus Poye, he never really scored the goals. He kept bringing him off. He ended up not playing him. He played Sankari as a striker in the first leg of that tie with the board available. It seems like a little bit of ranting just because someone's left more than anything. It seems a little bit like he's he's gusting into a wind, hoping that if he kicks up as much of a fuss, he might get a little bit of, of funding. But they weren't going to use Laborde, really. They, they, they wasn't going to be, he didn't start the weekend. He's, he wasn't going to start in the Europa League game. He did play an enormous amount towards the back end of the season. It just seems a bit like a, a bit blood and fluster for, for the matter of nothing, which seems to be, well, like, well, like much like you said, Jez, seems to be the uh, quota, really, for, for Gus Poye and management style, at least anyway. But we'll, we'll see if he's a threats come to anything in the next week or so. I have a feeling they may not do. He might be, if I count his chickens, he's still at leisure on down more than anything. Uh, predictions then now, and I will start with you this time, Jez. What do you think in this one? Um, well, this is, I mean, I said that it's kind of an, an easy way into the season for Lyon. This is kind of the opposite. As you said, both teams are uh, already kind of maybe on the ropes is a bit strong, but you know, coming off bad results last week. And this is a local derby as well. So it really kind of adds, ups the ante a bit. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty nervy match and, and Toulouse might squeeze a 1-0 win. Adam, what do you think? Um, I, I think this is, this is a very close game as well. And I, I think Toulouse at home... Um, I think this, this this team is a lot more to offer than it showed away at Marseille. I think they're going to be much better at home this year. So I, I kind of think 2-1 to lose, perhaps. Uh, I'm going to apologise to everyone who, who managed just to try and watch this game because I just feel like Toulouse looked a bit toothless at times against Marseille. Bordeaux have just sold a striker and are willing to play midfielder up front. Um, all signs point to 0-0, unfortunately, and possibly the first draw in the league. And we've not had one yet, so that might be the first one to keep your eyes on and place your bets on. Final game of the weekend and the final game we'll be previewing tonight involves, again, two sides that got victories um, in Nîmes and Marseille. Obviously, one again, Adam, more surprisingly than the other. But what a tremendous comeback from Le Crocodile last time out. 3-1 down, 10 men came back to win 4-3. Could you get more of a morale boost at the start of a season than that? No, you really couldn't. It was brilliant, wasn't it? I, I happened to watch this game yesterday, I think. And... Uh, they were absolutely fantastic. I really think Neem could be a, a really good addition to, to Lee Gunn in their current sort of current guys, if you like. Bernard Blanquois playing uh, this, this, the way he sets out his team is extremely attacking by Lee Gunn standards. You know, he plays with two strikers and uh, they got they were league, league does top scorers last season with 75 goals. And between Umut Buzok and, and, and uh, Rashid Aloui, who, who, who's injured at the moment, got 41 goals between them. And they play with those two up front and they play with two wingers. Who, who at the weekend with Dennis Bwangu is a bit of a coup signing him from Lorient, who was, you know, a lot of league and sides were looking at over the course of the summer. And, and Sela uh, Thiub, who, who, uh, who, uh, who was brilliant on, on the day, scored a fantastic opening goal. Um, and, and they just kept attacking, even when they were 3-1 down, undeservedly 3-1 down, if you ask me. A couple of, couple of silly mistakes, which I imagine when you, when you, know, when you play like that, they, you're going to concede some silly goals. But they, they didn't, their heads didn't drop and they, they kept attacking and they kept playing the way that, that they they that got them promoted and you know on balance of play they deserved at least a point and especially after it was 3-2 I think when when um when Florian Miguel was sent off deservedly if you ask me two pretty reckless yellow cards that he got um and, and they just kept attacking and a brilliant diving header from 
from uh, Clement Dupre, who, who who came on and scored twice. Um, it, it was great to see, and I, I can't wait to watch them watch them further this season. Um, they could be this season's Dijon. And I know, Nathan, how much you you liked watching watching Dijon, and we all did watching Dijon last season, especially at home. Perhaps Nîmes can can be a similar sort of influence on the league, and that they can play a different style of football to perhaps the rest of the league, and and give us some exciting games. And you look at Strasbourg. I think last season when they got promoted, and they played Marseille at home, and and Marseille obviously playing a very similar way to they did that season last season. Um, it ended up three all, and and perhaps this game could be an opportunity for a, a similar sort of promoted side you know, on the up against a Marseille team who are going to go out and look to, 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 to win the game, score goals as well. So there's potential for a really exciting game here. But hopefully, after that Angers win, Nîmes will, will be buoyed sufficiently and, and and they'll play that way for the rest of the year because it could be really exciting. And I, I think they're fully equipped to stay up. So an exciting game ahead. And, and Nîmes, I'm looking, I cover them this season for Bereda. Uh, hopefully, I'm looking forward to some exciting games involving them this year. Yeah, it'd be great to have another side that's a bit more willing to attack in Ligue 1, much like Dijon were last season. It's always great to have that kind of addition to our league with it can be quite defensive. But on to Marseille, um, obviously we discussed earlier that they got a great 4-0 win um, against Toulouse to start the season. It was nice and solid for them. Dimitri Payet grabbing a couple of goals and showing the form that he showed just before his injury at the end of last season. Uh, Tovan obviously coming on and scoring doesn't hurt much. Even Valet Germain getting involved. They look pretty cohesive even without the uh, Catalaya Carbo is obviously still uh, on the sidelines. No other additions as of yet, although they are still trying to possibly get in another striker. They still st- they look to you just like a, a good solid side that are maintaining the form that they had from last season. Uh, as things stand, yeah, I mean, as, you know, as you said earlier, it's difficult to read too much out of um, first matches of the season and certainly a match against a, a pretty poor Toulouse. But, um, but again, they, they, they beat what was in front of them and not only that, but they scored four goals in the process. So, you know, Payet is probably to Marseille's advantage um, that, that he got that injury that kept him out of the World Cup as, as sad as it was for him because... He's now he's refreshed and, and raring to go and had a really good game. Um, Sanson's pass to Jamal shows shows that he's still got it. Um, Kamara looks like he's sort of really going to step up and, and mature this year as well. So there's definitely positive signs there. I, I still think that um, you know last year they 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 built their their great season on kind of beating all the teams that they should have beaten and, and going missing against all the other top teams so it they need to improve um on that in that aspect because i'm not sure you can rely on them being so effective in 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 their matches against all the other teams but certainly under garcia he's got them you know playing confidently playing for each other and possibly most importantly really having the the fans behind them so yeah i'd expect them to I'd expect them to at least kind of keep up what they did last year. It's just that you'd want them to push on from that, and I'm not 100% sure they can do that. Which isn't to say they won't finish in the top three, because like Adam said, I've got a feeling Monaco may drop off, but um, I'm not just so far with the, with their transfers or lack of transfers. I'm not sure they put them in their position, in themselves in a position to really kick on. 
Hmm, and that's the interesting thing, at least about their schedule, that they play Monaco in a couple of weeks' time at the very start of September. That will be a nice water test for both of those sides, really, on a Sunday evening to see exactly where they've come after the summers and, and with the transfer business done by that point, um, seeing exactly where both stand at the start of the season. Prediction time then again, and I'll start with you, Adam. What do you think in this one? Um, I think goals, but it depends what sort of side Marseille put out. But I'm going to go 3-2 Marseille. Cheers. I was going to go 3 2 Marseille as well. Am I allowed to? You, you are absolutely allowed to. <laughs> Without, we're not doing just to let the the audience know as well. We won't be doing our sort of prediction totals this year because with with a mix of guests that we have, it would be difficult to keep up on everyone and making sure the points are all correct. But I'll keep score of myself at least anyway, which is the important bit. And, and I'll go for a Marseille win as well. I'm going for a bit more exciting. I'm going to go four uh, two. I think it could be a really terrific game. Circle it on your calendar. Get it on your TV box. This one is going to be one to certainly tune into. I'm just going to finish tonight with some of the transfer news. I'm dropping this on our guests to sort of finish off with a couple of ones that I wanted to talk about that's from the news earlier. Obviously, we've there's some really nice deals. Remy Cabela going to Santetia, and we all probably think it's a good deal. We talked about Tilo Kera going to Paris Saint-Germain on Monday. And, but a couple of deals then. I want to start with um, Gaetan Le We talked about it very briefly, at least anyway, earlier, him heading to Montpellier um, the last couple of days, uh, Adam. What do you think to the move in terms of a Montpellier standpoint? They are looking for a striker. I know they've, they're rumours that they may be trying to move Giovanni CO on, but um, do you think the Laborde can be that man for Michel Desicarian to, to start grabbing them the goals that they desperately, desperately need? I think he'll make some headway. I think it's an interesting signing, given they've already got Andy Delore, who, who's obviously the player that they would have pinned quite a lot of their hopes on in terms of goal scoring this season, given how he was at Khan in a, a similarly sort of you know, sort of workman-like team. He, he scored, what, 12, 13 league of goals the season before he went to Mexico and then came back and was started brilliantly to Toulouse and it didn't really work out in the end. So they would have been putting a lot of hopes on him. But I, I quite like Gaetan Laborde. I think he was very, very good at Clermont in, in League League uh, now two seasons ago. He was injured for quite a lot of last season with Bordeaux. But given, I think if he was one of those players, if he played consistently, his goal tally would probably be pretty high. But the fact that he's not the most skillful or eye-catching of players sort of kind of lets him down a little bit. And and although he's quite effective, perhaps isn't the most... He's not a player that you would sort of build an attack round, which I think is probably partially why Bordeaux sold him for such a small fee. It was only sort of four million euros, which, which, which given his age, small. So I think he'll contribute certainly to, to Montpellier's goal tally, but whether it's enough to give him the goals they want is another question. It'll be interesting to see who starts over him and Delore. Um, I, they may even play them both together, but they're very similar sort of players. So I think he may even be there as sort of a, a backup to Delore, but it'll be interesting how it goes, but a loss for Bordeaux nonetheless. <laughs> Just trying to think of um, Michel Desicarian even tempting fate of playing two strikers at once. It might be a <laughs> yeah. little bit too, uh, too gung-ho even for him. Um, very f- final deal I wanted to talk about really this evening with you, Jez, as well, is is an interesting one, I think, at least anyway, and that's Ronnie Rodolan heading to Gangomp. Um, there's obviously a, a bit of an experience hole left there with obviously Jimmy Briand heading to Pastures New and, and Cole seemingly must have been a bit reluctant to let him go, but a good addition for, for Gangom to bring in a, what can be a, a talented player? Uh, yeah, I think so. He's, as you said, he can be a talented player. He sort of um, goes through phases where, where he scores some, some lovely goals and comes up with quite a few assists and you know looks a, a talented all-round player. And then 
goes to other phases where, where he does very little. But um, I mean, in a sense, you could say that 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 describes a lot of the a lot of the gang on team, including um, Rion, who's, who's just left. Um, so I, I think he could fit into that team well. Um, you know, good work work ethic, which I think Conguare likes, and um, certainly that's been the. I think that's one of the things that they liked from Brion, what perhaps has frustrated Conguare about some of Gangon's younger talents. So, um, you know, he's, he's not a like-for-like replacement for Rodelin. For um, Brion, they're slightly different players, but um, I think he's a good player to bring in in terms of footballing ability, also that, that little bit of experience, which which may sort of help some of the younger members of the team along. And you know, I could see him forming a, a good relationship with players like like Salibur, if he, if he ends up staying. It does seem like an interesting signing to me. I think he could be, it's going to go either one or two ways, isn't it? It's going to be either a nice solid signing and a good experience for those young players, especially, or he's going to sort of flop immensely, but we'll wait and see on that one. Uh, that's all that we have for this week. My thanks to Adam, Jez, and all of you listening at home. Uh, do join us again for the main show that will be um, coming to you uh, later, the well, start of next week. Um, but for now, enjoy your weekend of football.